Hello and welcome to a new episode of Other Record Labels. I'm your host, Scott Orr, where we talk about the art and culture of running an independent record label. Today on our episode, our Industry Insiders episode, is my friend Brandon from a company called Vinyl Moon. Now, Vinyl Moon is a company I've been familiar with for a really, really long time. I think I've brought them up a few times on the show. Um, They do some incredible things. So what they are is they are a subscription service, uh, like a vinyl club, basically. Uh, But what's different about them is that every month, the record is like a mixtape. There is, you know, 10 to 12 different artists or songs by different artists and bands on this album. There is some sort of cohesive theme, which we talk about in today's episode. And each record each month features a different visual artist. And they always do something really cool with the package. They do something really cool with the disc color uh, or the the die cutting that they use. Like they do some really cool stuff. More importantly though, like I've been friends with them and they've been huge champions of my music. They've been huge champions of indie music. They've worked with different artists on our label before, including them on their mixtapes. And so you should go check them out if you're a vinyl fan, if you're a music fan, if you run a record label, if you're an independent artist, there's a lot of reasons that you should kind of connect with them. So go to vinylmoon.co. Like I've said, they've been a huge supporter of indie music and they're sponsoring other record labels for this whole month. So a big shout out to them. Thank you. I, I We dive into, today we're talking about vinyl, but we're talking about, we also talk a little bit about subscription clubs, which we're going to explore on this show in a couple of weeks. So stay tuned for that. About what does it look like for a record label to start a subscription service? So we'll talk about that soon. And we talk about it in this episode. We talk about the cool things to do with vinyl, how to get people to be interested in the vinyl releases you're doing. There's a lot of reasons to love vinyl. That's kind of the theme that we're talking about today. So a huge shout out to Vinyl Moon and vinylmoon.co for sponsoring today's episode. I hope you enjoy the show. You know, it's interesting. And I, I mentioned this our listeners are going to hear this twice, but um, I, sp- I still feel so positive about vinyl. And I mean, I'm, I I just bought, don't tell her this, but I just bought my 12-year-old daughter a, a turntable, like a, a, a Crosley and some Taylor Swift records. And like, she's 12 and that's what she wants. And like, it's starting, you know? And, and, uh, and so it's really interesting. And I, I mentioned this to Paul when we were talking that I was at a university and there were kids who were, uh, who I say kids like 19 years old who were going through, there was like a, a traveling salesman there with like a boxes of, of old vinyl. And there were hundreds of kids who were buying hundreds of dollars with the records. And it just, to me, that was like a microcosm of what we're experiencing now and hopefully continuing to experience is of course there's downfalls, but I'm just so excited and encouraged by that. I'm sure you are too. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think, I think the thing with, with vinyl that's so funny in this current the resurgence. There's so many ways to fall in love with vinyl. There's so many reasons to yeah. fall in love with vinyl, and it's it's often I think the thing that the old school vinyl heads, let's say, struggle with because they've been a fan of vinyl for 20, 30 years, and they're like, "This is why I love vinyl, and this is the exact reason yeah. why vinyl is important." And and then they're seeing kids that are getting into it via a Crosley turntable at Urban Outfitters yeah. or via the merch table at their local, at their favorite bands, like hardcore show, you know, at a small venue <laughs> or via, you know, going to a friend's house and just being like, oh, this is a different experience to listen to music. This is just different. It's not about sound. It's not about anything, but just, it's just different and unique. And, you know, I think there's, as a society, we'll always look for like, unique ways to do things. And, you know, I mean, CDs were a thing and they had their pros and cons and people moved away from those cons to go to streaming and streaming has its pros and cons and people are looking for another unique way. And it's like, Oh, can I touch it? Can I, can I actually slow down my ADD mind and Uh, put on a record? And like, how does that feel when I like (laughs) remove the ability to skip and shuffle? Um, So I think there's so many fun ways so many fun reasons for people to experience it and everyone's experience is, is different. And um, well, I think that, that's what's, that's what I love about it. Yeah. Uh, no, this is beautiful. And I really want our listeners to zero in on this, something you said about there's so many reasons to love vinyl and, and, and um, this is your job and we're going to get into the history of vinyl moon in a second, but can you elaborate more on like the, there are so many reasons because as an artist and as a record label, sometimes we're pretty narrow focused in saying, we need to transfer this audio onto this format so that people can put it on their turntable and hear that music. Um, that's like one of 
many like can you kind of just ex- blow that up a little bit more of like the many reasons and and vinyl moon obviously exploits those many reasons that people love vinyl yeah definitely i mean i think i i'll, I'll sort of illustrate this to you know to, let's say fictional character know or, or or can understand these people there's one there's let's say the, the old school vinyl head that i kind of alluded to this is maybe someone that's like collect vinyl audiophile setup really into the sound quality you know uh, maybe more middle-aged has a comfortable financial situation you know maybe a thousand dollar turntable lots of money invested into uh, audio cables and speakers and you know to them to them the the warmth of vinyl the audiophile experience is, is a huge part of it so you know what they love about vinyl is you know related to that you know, all about audiophile experience. And then if we put them on one end of the spectrum and then we just imagine that on the other end of the spectrum is, you know, a college kid that's going to see a show, goes to the merch table, wants to support their favorite band. And, you know, they're like, well, I don't know, these t-shirts don't speak to me, but here's this final record. Like, I don't even have a turntable, but I want to support this band. Let me buy this record. And, you know, this is now a way that I can identify with this music that means so much to me. I think we've all been there in our teenage years or you know it's like you want to feel connected to music that moves you so much and you know that person may not even listen to that record ever or for a while like they might buy the vinyl before they even have a turntable Mm -hmm. you know that that might be that that kind of gateway experience and so you know what drew those people to those mediums to to those records are, are so sort of opposite but then you've got all the little notches in between people that you know maybe come for the art and stay for the vinyl or they get pulled in by colored vinyl and they really love that. And, um, you know, to them, the experience of, of looking through the artwork and putting on a beautiful colored vinyl disc is sort of more important than the audio quality. Yeah. Um, you know, and, yeah. and each, each person has their own kind of internal rankings of like, well, this is what's most important to me. And then I appreciate these other things and I don't even consider these other things, uh, which is where I sometimes, which is where we sometimes see people kind of butting heads and, in vinyl forums or in mm. comments it's like no this is why vinyl is important it's like no that's why it's important to yeah. you but there's many other reasons why people are allowed it would be like saying that books books are only for mysteries like the right. medium of books is only for sure. mysteries or, or only for fiction like yeah. what do you mean you're reading a book that is non-fiction that's not what it's for books yeah. are for fiction <laughs> no, there's, it's just it's just a medium you know there's so many things we can do on it yeah. you know but I, I find it sometimes I know I'm rambling here, but Please. this stuff gets me excited. But I think sometimes it's funny to think back to the like the heyday of vinyl and remember that vinyl was also the medium for spoken word mm-hmm. tapes. Comedy, you know, yeah. it was also yeah. the medium for for comedy. It was also the medium for learning languages. I have a couple records I found in thrift stores that are like learn Spanish, and it's yeah. a you know it's a whole kit on learning Spanish. And so it's just a medium that delivers audio. You know, and that can be music. That can be instructions to astronauts that can be instructions to radio djs you know the history of vinyl has just been a it's just a delivery package and um you know getting upset with what's on it is like you know getting upset with somebody what somebody puts inside a cardboard box it's like Uh, you know there's a a million ways yeah there's a million ways to to fill it it's it's just a medium and um i think that, that that's kind of freeing uh, and like, oh, well, how can we have fun with this medium? You know, what, yeah. what can we do? Like things that get me excited is usually my guiding light. And I think, well, if it gets me excited, then there's probably one other person out there. That <laughs> That's right. Uh, real quick, can you tell us what Vinyl Moon is and maybe take us back uh, to how it started? Yeah, definitely. Um, so Vinyl Moon is a mixtape format vinyl record club. Um and I'll pause there and kind of go back to how it started because I think that kind of paints the picture. Um, so I started a music blog in 2009. I was just writing about new music for years. And it was kind of my hat, my hobby on the side. And um, Because of that, I was very much in the digital music world and listening to new music every day digitally. And mm-hmm. so I kind of got into vinyl as a way to take a break from that digital ecosystem, you know, to put yeah. a record on my shelf and have that record looking at me and saying, hey, you like me. Don't forget to listen to me. Yeah, you know, don't let true. don't let this album you love get lost in iTunes or get yes. lost in, in Spotify. Yes. So it was it was a sort of <laughs> expensive and fragile and cumbersome way to 
experience music differently and remind myself of this difference. Anyway, I've always also, I've also always been a big fan of getting things in the mail. And so I first went to, when I got into vinyl, first went to vinyl clubs and was like, oh, what are the clubs out there? Like, I'll be curious to just help grow my collection. I subscribed to pretty much all of them over the course of about a year. And none of them really scratched the itch. Um, for me, it got me excited. I had this thought, I was like, you know, it'd be cool if someone took like the spirit of a music blog and like turned it into a record club. Like that would be cool. Like I'd love to subscribe to that. Anyway, of course you say that out loud and then the light bulb goes off and I was like, Oh dang it. Like I might be half qualified to like (laughs) explore this idea, you know, like let me see if I can figure out the other half. So, um, you know, started researching, you know, I, I knew a little bit about vinyl manufacturing from working it for, for some record labels, but just dove into the technical side of the vision and over time kind of figured out, okay, well, I, I feel like I know how the music's going to come together. What about the artwork? Like, you know, what yeah. should that be? And I was like, well, I'm not an artist. Maybe I can work with other artists and put cool artwork on it, you know? And, yeah. Um, a, a classic example of, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. I was like, well, we got to put something on these jackets, you know, yeah, where, where right. can we get cool artwork? And, yeah. Um, so anyway, that, that was sort of the genesis of Vinyl Moon. It started on, on Kickstarter as very much an idea of like, I think this is cool. I wonder if other people will think it's cool. And so every month, you know, it's about 10 to 12 songs from new bands that, you know, we believe in or, you know, think deserve more ears. Um, put together on a mixtape format. So there's a flow and a, and a vibe. Um, I hesitate to use any genre tags because it's pretty eclectic, but yeah. there's a kind of a mood with each record. Yeah. And then we work with a different visual artist every month to do really deluxe, usually over the top, top artwork packaging. And again, that kind of goes back to the idea that, you know, physical music is kind of irrational mm-hmm. in, in this day and age so if we're dealing with a kind of irrational thing that um let's just lean into it let's take it to its you know maximum and you know um let's have fun with it yeah uh, you know if we can't say if we can't say well this vinyl is absolutely necessary to listen to music well there's so many other mediums that you could choose you know streaming cd sure. sets but we have we have this medium that's got a really big canvas really tactile so let's play with that canvas and let's play with that tactile nature yeah um, so that's that's that's, awesome and so you're on your 100th edition coming soon yeah december is volume 100 no way madness so wow that's incredible congratulations by the way i mean honestly i was thinking about it today and looking through everything you thank you it sounds kind of exhausting i i I don't envy you like a a different art a hundred different artists i mean a hundred different visual artists and and a uh, hundred different ways to stay creative. And then a th- over multiple thousands of, of musicians, like, good God, great. Good on you, man. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It is, you know, it's a lot of work. I'm not going to lie, but I, I feel so lucky to get to kind of play in the sandbox that I get to play in and, yeah. you know, collaborate with amazing musicians like yourself who um, should be noted or uh, beyond you, yes. volume hundred. <laughs> um, and it's been awesome to be able to collaborate over the years and yeah. feature your music and put Thank your records you. in, in the shop. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's like, I get to go to work every day and play in an awesome sandbox with like the best toys, you know, yeah, that yeah. just should show up there and get to reach out and be like, Hey, can I play with your awesome toys? And, and you know, <laughs> yeah. and other cool kids are like, yeah, you can play with our toys. Let's do something together. Yeah. Let's like play. Yeah. And so, um, uh, yeah. Uh, that that's super fun. And, um, I feel, yeah, I I feel lucky to get to. How does the curation process work is, I mean, uh, you, there is a a theme. It's kind of a little bit, sometimes it's a little buried. Sometimes it's a little abstract. Um, I've never really seen like a, a genre theme. Like I've never really, and it's, it's interesting that you went this model because I, first of all, most most clubs were going the route of like featuring one record, repressing one record, or just pulling one record from existence and redoing that. You've done something completely different, which is the mixtape model. But if I was, if I were you, I would have kind of been a little bit more uh, less complex and have just said, okay, this month is like top ten jazz songs that I've discovered, and next month is top ten hip hop songs. You've done something where, so I, I just, can you explain a little bit of that curation process? Because it isn't as simple as saying, 
this month is about a walk in the woods and everything sounds folksy. It, it's a little yeah. bit more, it's deeper than that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think uh, in some ways it's deeper, in some ways it's sort of uh, more straightforward, but but it is true. I mean, I think one of the first things I realized when I started to reach out to bands and, and pull together songs was from just a practical perspective, you can't have a vision for what you want before you start um gathering the ingredients it, it is mm-hmm. um you know sometimes bands or labels disappear don't reply to emails say they're in and then they're not in so yeah. it, it's um it's not as easy as sort of like going looking at a recipe looking at the ingredients list and then going to the store and getting those ingredients yeah it's more of like um opening your fridge seeing what ingredients are in there and being <laughs> like huh, i wonder if there's something I get that it. Fits. yeah so, yeah it, in that way, it's just, I just, it's the similar spirit of like running the blog for so many years. I just, I'm always digging for music that I really love and it resonates with me. And then if it's a great song and I believe in it and I think it should be on vinyl, then I invite that band to Vinyl Moon. Mm. Um, when everything is sorted and they've agreed and we've done the license and I have I have the, the high resolution audio files, then that song goes into a pool. And that pool is essentially, let's say, the fridge. Oh, I so, see. Once there's you know a handful of songs in the in the fridge in the pool, I can look at them and see if there's a something emerging, and mm. that's sometimes where it gets fun and even surprising to be like, oh, this kind of like folk song and this you know SoundCloud rap song, I wouldn't have said let's put these together ahead of time, but now there's a sort of maybe a thread emerging where mm. what if we can get we can we can thread these two songs together by putting other songs in between you know what if we can kind of create an arc or create something uh, linear and take the listener on a journey that might have a left turn and a right turn up and a down or it might be more of a gentle arc and yeah um you know i think that is part of what makes it interesting after 100 volumes is sometimes i can have an idea oh i think we're dealing with like a mellower record, um, or maybe this is a more kind of guitar-based, jangly, rocky, upbeat record, or maybe it's a dancier record. And, um, you know, I think those end up being sort of the the, the genres, if you will, is like, what's the energy like? Right. Um, you know, are we, are we mellow? Are we laying, are we chilling out for this record? Or are we like kind of, you know, uh, doing laundry and running around the house and trying to be pepped up for well, you know, the, high energy or something like that. The other question I had was like, you obviously don't necessarily go genre based, but did you draw any inspiration or do you, do you see similarities to like the spot, the Spotify playlists that are like a walk in the woods that are kind of ab- abstract or like wake up slowly, you know, th- these kind of things. Is that, do you see similarities there? Um, not, not really. I think that, you know, kind of going back to like what's available out there in the world, mm-hmm. like there mm-hmm. are ways to scratch that itch. Like if you want to go to sleep playlist or if you want to study yeah. playlist, there's ways to take that idea. I need that. And then find a solution for that. And yeah. I think what I've always tried to do with vinyl moon is, um, give people something that they don't know they want. Right. Um, and so it's another reason why I really hesitate to ever use genre tags because I think we all can have, well, I think there's two problems with genres. One there's no universal definition of what any genre is. It's very so true, yeah. my idea of indie rock and your idea of indie rock might be totally different. So if I say to you, oh, I have this new indie rock band I think you might like, you you could be like, but I hate indie rock. But we could be talking about totally different yes. sonic yes. experiences. So, you know, I think using genres, I think can sometimes turn people off as much, if not more than it turns people on. And and also, I don't want to define these genres. Like, I'm just like, this song is great. Whatever it is, it is. Yeah. And, um, if there's a record that can uh, turn someone on to a song that they would not normally have come across or searched or thought they would ever like, that's that's the win for me. And, you know, some of the favorite feedback I've gotten from members is like, I love Final Moon because it covers music I would never normally listen to in my day-to-day life. Right. You know, I remember one guy was like, I'm a metalhead. I listen to metal music recreationally. Yeah. But that's why I love Vinyl Moon. Cause I would just never, this is <laughs> like, like imported candies from another country. It's just, they're not available in my local that's sort right. of shop. Yes. I'm not looking for them normally. Um, and so that's really fun to kind of push the boundaries of what, maybe what people expect. And, you know, hopefully there's the, hopefully there's a song on every Vinyl Moon record that people, that someone's like, 
I don't know, man, I don't really like that song. Cause then that to me is the opportunity for that song to grow on you and sure. be the sleeper favorite. Right. You know? Well, I guess what you're doing too, is there's a lot of talk about snapping the algorithm, right. And kind of breaking that, you know, we get to a place where Spotify could just feed us exactly what it knows we like, and that can create a problem. And so you're kind of completely stepping out of that almost like radio used to, but even radio was homogenous. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I think, you know, and, and people are, again are often, what, how do I know if I'm going to like this? Or yeah. don't you want to know what I like, you know, before I, you know, you make right. the record, yeah. like, don't right. you want right. it? It's like, no, there is, there's so many places in this world where you can give your feedback, you know, and algorithms are a perfect example. Like your actions are being read by the algorithm and it's being fed yeah. back to you. Yeah. Um, you know, that, I am only concerned with what I like. And that's not for selfish reasons. It's for, A, it's the only thing I can sort of believe in and stand behind 100%. Yeah. It's like, I don't know if you'll like this, yeah. but I know I like it. Right. And and if that overlaps, if our like Venn diagram of interests overlap, that could be cool. But the ch the odds, the overwhelming odds are we will not have any shared interests. <laughs> and the majority of people on this planet will hate every song on vinyl moon yeah. that's for sure the majority the odds are <laughs> but if there's a chance that you overlap with what i'm into yeah you might have a lot of fun you know yeah. and and in that sense it's like uh, kick back don't worry about what you think um there's places to sort of uh go that route sure um, Let all-inclusive paid vacation just you just show up and i got yeah, i made yeah. you a cocktail yeah just have fun okay and just and, and you just just let me know if i'm rambling too much obviously no, this no, stuff no. just gets me yeah excited. yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. Let's, I, I i can go off on a tangent well that's the play that's the that's what podcasts are for like i don't know about you but when i go for a drive i look at the podcast and if it's two and a half hours i'm like oh phew I don't have to worry about putting anything else on. Like these are people who are going to yeah. talk about this thing until I get to my destination three hours away. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, it's yeah. nice yeah. whenever. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, maybe our, maybe my listeners are disagreeing when they're like, no, 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 keep it short. <laughs> um, okay. So what have you learned about people's appetite for vinyl and music over the past a hundred months? Um, you you've got to have have some incredible data kind of like Netflix is, knows what people like to watch. What's your data on um, people's tastes in vinyl? What kind of things excite them? Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting question. Um, I think, you know, the taste in music in music, I think it's just hungry. You know, people there, there will always be, a section of music enthusiasts that are hungry for new things. Yeah. Um, you know, and that, that's not everyone, but there, that is some amount of people that want to discover new things. And some people want to just lean on old favorites. That's yeah. fine too. You know, when it comes to vinyl, I think, you know, one of the reasons I started vinyl moon and one of the things I still believe in today is that I, I think there's a lot of room for more interesting and exciting and creative things that can be done with mm -hmm. records. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, kind of going back to like, it, vinyl is not a necessity. I mean, sorry, vinyl yes. is not a necessity. It's it's a luxury. So sure. let's treat it luxuriously and let's let's really have fun with it. Um, and you know, I think I see that reflected in a lot of what people are into, and that's you know, really fun colorways, really um, you know, kind of deluxe packaging. You know, reasons to want to pull a record off the shelf. You know, I mean, we've all been there where you're like, oh, I want to put on a record. And, and you look at your record shelf and, you know, if you were half conscious during the purchasing of those records, you love them all. And you're like, yeah. well, I don't know, how do I choose? And yeah. so, you know, um, but I think that that, that there's, re there's reasons there that haven't always been the case. Um, well, maybe, let me say this differently. Um, I think a lot more, labels and bands are kind of leaning into the fun side of uh -huh. vinyl and yes. you know that uh, that disgruntles some vinyl purists and but that excites others and yeah. and, and, it, and that certainly goes back to uh the idea that you'll never please everyone you know yeah. any, any band knows that any label knows that yeah. you'll never please anyone and that's yeah. okay yeah i mean everyone you'll never please please everyone hopefully you'll please someone <laughs> well let me ask you though, that's funny. That kind of segues into another thought that I had because 
some of us as labels and artists, we just want our music on vinyl, especially artists who've never had their music on vinyl. That's kind of a rite of passage that everybody sort of wants to hear yeah. that moment. Um, but when you tie that together with the fact that a lot of labels and a lot of artists don't have a big budget, we don't have a, a guaranteed audience for this vinyl. So there's a good chance we might have a few hundred copies in the garage afterwards. For that reason, we go really basic, right? Like we do uh, just a standard yeah. uh, jacket. We do maybe black and white labels. We do black vinyl. We do even a lightweight vinyl. Um, there, are, there are these things, and I, I think that's becoming problematic. I think that there is uh, music fans, their appetite have, have um, become more sophisticated. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Um, I, as a music fan, like like you had said at the beginning, we don't need this format. We have the music can get to us easier than through vinyl and cheaper than through vinyl. Um, so I feel like there's becoming a bit of a demand or a responsibility for labels to do something cool with their vinyl package and to think of it as an entire package, not just as a black disc. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I think I think definitely so. I mean, I think you know, the, the number one feedback I give bands when I'm working with them on maybe collaborating on a vinyl pressing is to, you know, err on the side of maybe more interesting or more exciting. And, you know, I think that comes from um, the idea that if you are making a decision because it's what you truly believe in and it's what gets you excited, then that's definitely a, the right decision. Yeah. But if you're making a decision because you're, worried about um the bottom line or nervous about um maybe investing too much then i think it's worth taking out a look at that feeling and you know running the numbers and and um it's certainly something i haven't always been good at and I think bands traditionally aren't good at but you know let's take a feature like colored vinyl for example you know running an all black press of a short run of vinyl maybe 300 500 units compared to making it just a one color vinyl that's maybe a dollar a unit more sure. for yeah. you know adding color and you know a dollar unit so that's an extra 500 300 500 bucks for the whole run um which is not nothing you yeah. know when you're yeah. band. but when you think about a black vinyl record you know maybe sells for let's say 2025 20, but then a colored vinyl record you could sell for 25 30 you know the yeah. consumer has a comfort with colored vinyl costing a little bit more. That's right. So you're already looking at like, you're investing a dollar for a potential $5 return. Um, or you invest that dollar and you keep it at 20, 25 bucks. And you have a, anyone that's coming across that record and is on the fence is like, well, that's cool. I get a color vinyl record of this band I, I might be interested in. And so, you know, I think about a lot of these things as ways to convert the on the fence fans, you know, like, if, if you've got hardcore fans out there, they're going to just be excited to get your music on vinyl yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, and that's, and that's awesome. That's an awesome position to be in to know that you've got, you know, X fans that are, that are just going to buy it no matter what. But yeah, there's so many people that are just perusing Bandcamp or, you know, might, might hear a song on Spotify and just wonder, Hey, do they have, do they have vinyl? Yeah. Um, oh, cool. They do have vinyl, but it's just, it's pretty basic black vinyl. So I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I kind of bought a lot of records. I've been. Like, I bought a lot yeah. of records this month. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of. I'm. I'm tapped out. You know, yeah. any vinyl consumer can't buy it. We can't. We can never buy all the records we want. So we right. have to make kind of internal decisions yeah. on like, um, and so just thinking about what can you kind of like offer. And I think once that happens, it can sometimes be a fun opportunity. Maybe that's colored vinyl, but it doesn't have to be. I mean, that's certainly an easy, easy bang for buck way to. Yeah make a more sort of deluxe pressing, but, you know, you could do stickers, you could do, you know, Polaroids, you could do handwritten notes, um, yeah. you know, thinking about as, a, as any band or label with not a lot of financial, uh, not, not a lot of sort of financial means, maybe there's more time than money. Right. And yeah. so it's like, Oh, can we write a little thing? I mean, we just did a record with um, this guy, uh, Ryan ritual, who is his first solo album breaking out from the band mating ritual. And, you know, he wanted to do a little cookbook. He's been really into cooking. So he made a little like, you know, 12 page cookbook booklet, um, designed it himself. And, uh, you know, I think they came out to like, 
a dollar a unit or dollar yeah. fifty yeah. oh, unit. Cool. But that's that's the thing that he's been really passionate about. So that 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 kind of like personal passion just comes across. Is anyone going to do those recipes? I don't know. It almost doesn't matter because yeah. you get a vinyl record that comes with a little cookbook, and that's just like yeah. I don't know. That's just so fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're kind of trained for these little bonuses. I don't know if it was retail that did it or some, whatever, or maybe it goes back in our evolution. But like these little times where even when I buy an old record, uh, like a used record, I'm in the habit now of looking inside it just in case there's a ticket stub. Or I, I got this um, I got this record and some it was a, a bootleg and somebody had hand, handwritten all the titles and the track count. I think it was somebody in their collection and they like to put it in the plastic and put it on the front just in case you can't decipher yeah. on the back. And it was like some like somebody's OCD way of organizing their collection. And I thought, what a cool little historic thing that somebody did this in the 70s. And I, I don't yeah. know. I just think we're trained to kind of like look for that, the Easter egg in everything. Yeah. I think it's, a, I really like the idea of what you touched on, which is like somebody's handwritten note because I think that sometimes the vinyl, you know, uh, world kind of forgets that these things are meant to be used. You know, yeah. there's a lot of focus on like keeping jackets pristine and yeah. don't touch the grooves. And what well, did you use the highest end mobile fidelity yeah. inner sleeves, anti-static, you know, <laughs> do you treat your records with lasers before you put them on your turntable? And it's like, there's nothing wrong with that, of course. But I also think there's nothing wrong with like using a thing that's meant to be used. That's right. And you know, if you're getting a lot of joy out of the thing, then what's wrong if the jacket wears because you put it on the shelf back and forth a hundred times yeah. or the vinyl wears because you touched it, you know, improperly and you yeah. got your oils on the grooves. But, but if that's what brings you joy, Totally. And that's, then that's the ultimate point, right? Is that we, we get to experience these things. Well, people always talk about how if you use the wrong needle or this and that, it's going to wreck the record over time. And I'm like, well, Here's a record I almost I put on the turntable once a year, twice a year, maybe. I'm only here for another 40, 50 years. <laughs> so I only need it to work yeah. 100 more times and then it can then it can be destroyed. Right. <laughs> Until my kids. Throw I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I should be so lucky to ever wear out a record. I mean, that oh, would be like an amazing oh, day. Yes, please. <laughs> it's so. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Wouldn't that yeah. be nice if like you could do a Spotify wrapped where it's like, Three people wore out your record this year to the point they need to buy a new one. <laughs> right? Yeah, that would be a, that would be a really fun way to like slice that data. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I I love I, I love drawing parallels to other things because I think it's it's always illustrative. But you know the the sort of like care for your record argument. You know, it's sort of as if you bought a new car and someone was like, "Oh no, no, you can't drive on those roads yeah. like with your car. Yeah. You have to only use these roads." And you have to download the special map navigation software that will guide you to not to yeah. roads with no potholes and roads with no cracks. And you know what's which roads have been paved the most recently. Yeah. yeah, it'll take you an hour longer to get everywhere, but like your car will be better conditioned in five <laughs> years. And you're like, that trade off doesn't that trade off might be right for some people, sure, but it might also be not right for yes, others. And, that's right. Yeah, well, let's talk about the the like um, going back to the package and and I know. I assume, and I know a little bit that you've kind of pushed the limits of some of the pressing plants over the years. And I want to ask you about this specifically. And I mean, this is just a, an example in my mind, but years ago, and I think it was actually the band you mentioned, Mating Ritual, did like a rectangle label as opposed to the standard, uh, what is it, like three and a half inch or yeah. five inch circle. And um, I always thought that was the coolest thing ever. And on my last record, I contacted the plant and I was like, I really want this. Like, I don't care how you do it, but this like minimal approach or God forbid, no labels. Like I, I really want something minimal. You know me, I like to go as minimal as possible. Yeah. And then of course I, I was like basically asking them to perform like to cure cancer or something. I don't know what the issue was yeah. there, but it was a hard, it was a hard no. And but so I'm curious, like have you, because you have this responsibility to get people excited month after month for a hundred months and beyond, you've got to be in that kind of entrepreneurial Steve Jobs innovative phase of saying, hey, what about if we did this, but without any jackets or without any labels? So can you tell me about some of your adventures in that type of off-roading to use your own analogy? Yeah, um, definitely. Um, I mean, I think that's one of the most fun things to be able to do is push the boundaries yeah. and be like, yeah. Um, 
that's why any pressing plant, you know, I work with, you know, probably testify to this, but I'm always asking a million questions because I don't want to know what they did before. I don't want to know how it was done before. I want to know how it's done anything at its core process because that helps me understand where the limitations are. Yeah. And, you know, to, to use your, the, the die cut center label example, that's something that I've, you know, learned like which plants are willing to touch that idea, which plants are not willing to touch that idea, which kinds of machines that can be run on. Um, and most specifically, or most importantly, at what times in the vinyl industry's sort of busyness or not business, is that possible? The mm. times that we did it, um, I came back and wanted to do it with that same plant a year later. And they were like, no, our, my pressing manager says we're not going to do that. I'm like, but we did it last year. He's like, yeah, but things are so busy right now that it's a riskier thing. Anything that's riskier, you know, pushing the envelope, they're like, we, we can't, we can't risk it. He said, no. And yeah. it was like, but, but we did it. Like, I know it's possible. Anyway, any business has to draw the line. Funny. And so, yeah. um, it's something that I was like, okay, fair enough. Um, and that's where I'm a big believer in building long-term relationships with pressing partners so that, you know, if they ever are going to like push the limit or do something a little bit outside of their comfort zone, it's like, come on, it's I'm your you. guy. It's we, we, you. do, yeah. we do this yeah. a lot. You yeah. know, let's, <laughs> let's have some fun here. Let's, let's do some weird stuff. Um, but, but yeah, I, I love the, the, I, I love playing with the medium and I love doing things that are unexpected. And I'm, it, I, it means a lot to hear that you love that, square center label because i think sometimes we don't even talk about it as much as we should you know there's yeah. fun things that we do that then the next month happens and the next month happens um but i don't know if i've answered your question but it, it's uh there's i think there's there's i'm always thinking about what can i like trojan horse into yes. a record package like it's fun it's flat uh it can be reproduced we can make yeah. a bunch of them we can kind of slide it in and, yeah um yeah you, are you getting I, I know that innovation can happen in the jackets because it's a completely different industry. It's paper. And honestly, it's not, there's very little integrity to worry about as opposed to the medium that's holding the music. We've done some fun things with die cuts. I still love looking at that project we did. And I was looking through your website and you've done even more with die cuts, which is really cool. Um, uh, from the vinyl perspective, I mean, there's the label, there's the color, um, are you kind of running out of ideas? Is there is there innovation happening at the plant level? I've I see sometimes plants say, "Hey, we have these five new colors," and I'm like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> it's like a different turquoise, but like, how how are you? Right. Uh, are you are you are you actually pushing these plants? And and are you still excited about the future of um, being innovative with vinyl? Yeah, definitely, definitely, it's exciting. Um, and but sometimes it doesn't pan out you know yeah. I and mean, sometimes it's like hey i want to put these two colors together and they're like okay we've never we've just coincidentally never put these two colors together we don't know how it's going to react and i'm like well i don't know let's try it let's yeah. do it on a run sometimes it comes out awesome and sometimes it's like oh those those two kind of got muddy together yeah, yeah. and you know uh, again lucky enough to work with some pressing partners that are sometimes willing to do test runs you know oh, cool. and and and, yeah. tr and try out some blends yeah. before we go to the full press. Um, but sometimes we just take a swing and it's a hit. And sometimes we take a swing and it's a miss. And I think that's um, one of the things that, you know, over the eight years of running Vinyl Moon, um, you were saying, oh, it's, it's a grind and it, and it, you know, there's so much, and it's true, but one of the benefits is there's always a next, you know, uh, a next one, next month, yes. you know? So there's yes. been things that have, that have been misses and it's like, not let's not dwell on it you know yeah, that didn't come out exactly like we thought but now yeah. now we can learn and I'm, I'm lucky enough to have a new uh a new distraction the next month you know <laughs> to play with so give us some advice for the indie labels who are pressing vinyl i mean you're a vinyl fan you you work in so many parts of the industry there must be times where you see an artist that you like release a record and you feel disappointed in their vinyl offering or you might be in a record store and go oh my gosh what a missed opportunity whether it's a major label or it's an indie artist. So can you tell us some of the mistakes you see or some of the missed opportunities you see indie artists make with their vinyl projects? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think kind of touching on what we were talking about before, which is, you know, something special, you know, vinyl is a special medium. It's unique. So I think that every vinyl release should have something, some consideration mm -hmm. given to it 
Um, it, it, a few years ago, this is less common now because CDs aren't made as much, but it was common to see vinyl records that were clearly just enlarged artwork yes. from the CD. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. sometimes, sometimes that would even mean that the images were pixelated. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is, of course, not you don't want that. Um, anything with print, you want to make sure you have uh, you know high resolution images for printing on a yeah. large canvas. But I think more commonly it would be you're looking at a a record jacket that's this big, and the track list is like this I'm massive I'm so glad font. you said that. I've said that before too. So bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or barcodes it's like, that are it's like, like this big. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, okay, you you designed it for CD, and then you enlarged it for vinyl, and you know, I think for a long time that made sense to have yeah. vinyl be the afterthought. Yeah. And I think, you know, now I, I hope and I imagine it's true that um, a lot of people are designing for vinyl and, sure. you know, CDs, if they're being made, are, are yeah. the afterthought. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, I think that there's, you have a large canvas. So, you know, always just be asking yourself, what can we do with this canvas? You know, maybe the front cover is solidified because, you know, that's what's going to be on Spotify yeah. and that's going to be in a lot of places. But okay, at a minimum, we now have a back cover. Can that back cover contain more artwork? Can the back cover expand the, the, art, the art world of the front cover? Can the center labels expand that art world? You know, can we use these kind of visual canvases because they are you know there's at yeah. a minimum a vinyl record has a front cover a back cover a side a label and a side b label so that's four canvases three spine sometimes more than the front cover to yeah. to play with yeah yeah that's so true say, say that again I sorry i said uh, and a spine as well yeah exactly exactly and so you know font you know, playing with fonts, playing with images. Um, and I know that can be sometimes scary for, for bands or labels. Like, well, I'm not a designer and I don't yeah. know. And, um, you know, what's the right path? But, but you know, like any blank canvas, you know, you, you didn't have a song and then you wrote a song and now you have a song. You didn't have a record jacket designed and then you played with it. And yeah. um, now you have something. And um, it's it's just, an, I think there's, an, there's some really fun opportunities to, um you know, to add to the actual finished product. And then the next thing I'll kind of say is a lot of this is a great opportunity for storytelling. You know, I think, mm. you know, you as a, as an artist and as a label owner, you know, know the value of storytelling and I'm kind of bringing people into your world. Mm. Um, you know, making a record is it's an endeavor. It involves a ton of steps, you know, designing the artwork, uh, getting test pressings and listening to the test pressings. And yeah. I think those are some really fun places to, you know, um, post about, you know, tell, tell stories about post, you know, on Instagram or, or, or newsletter, yeah. email newsletter, you know, whatever your medium is. Um, but to, to use that, you, you know, you're creating a new thing and there's, there's physical touch points and, um, you know, kind of pulling back the curtain over behind the scenes of, of how it gets made, I think gets any fan, any fan is, is into that stuff. I, I think, or at least I am, maybe I shouldn't yeah. say any fan, but you know, it's the kind of stuff that you're like, Oh, that's so cool. Like, um, how, how, how stuff gets made. <laughs> well, I, one of the things when you're talking about visuals, one of the things that I've always felt helpful to pull myself out of the screen is to, if I'm working on an album cover or thinking about a color of vinyl or both to put it on one of those Photoshop mockups that we do, and to say, okay, well, that's what it looks like on a, on a, on a store, you know, or, or, or in real life, those two colors don't look good together or, oh my gosh, now I think this is really cool. We should do an OB strip, you know, th those kind of things. Um, I feel like it helps yeah. if you, if you have an opportunity to zoom out or even maybe print a proof at, at, at FedEx and, and take a look at it at home. Absolutely. That's a, that's a really great point. I think seeing things at full scale, um, is really helpful. And it's something that, you know, I've even, uh, done a handful of times in, in collaborations with Vinyl Boone where I want to show an artist, like, let's just look at what it looks like printed out, yeah. you know? Yeah. And because sometimes that, that definitely changes things. Even for me, sometimes I'm, you know, I need to see it printed out. I've done this hundreds of times, but I'm yeah. like, yeah, but okay. I, this is going to be really helpful for me to print yeah, this out. Totally. This is a dumb question, but I asked it to Paul and, um, are you long on vinyl? Like, do you see this future? We talked about it a little bit at the beginning. Um, are, are you hopeful that things will continue? I mean, the trajectory, it's going up and up. And every year we see new stats that it has gone up and up. Um, do you just think that's 
will continue and continue? Is there a, 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 I mean, it's a future great, we can't even predict? <laughs> There's a, it's a great question, and I kind of have two, um, two thoughts. One is I think that people will always love alternative mediums of anything. Yeah. And I think particularly with music where um, you know people always have really emotional connections to music and want to experience it in different ways. And I think that vinyl will be around long, absolutely. Will it have this level of interest, this level of growth? No, on you know it, it will like anything. It will ebb and flow. Sure. Um, and it's, it's something I worry about is how the vinyl industry, and I think you know this includes vinyl moon, this includes mm-hmm. labels, mm-hmm. you know, treats the consumer. Um, ah. For example, I was I was a kid when I was a kid. I was really into comics. So this was the '90s um, during the sort of big comic boom of the '90s. And I was a huge comic book collector, would ride my bike to the comic book store every week and buy the new issues. And, um, you know, anyone who was into comics at that time knows what happened. The comic industry got greedy, started releasing, um, you know, multiple variants, special edition covers, yeah. limited yeah. edition. And they th- they said, let's milk this these customers oh. for as mm. much as we can. Similar thing happened in CDs, although maybe with less bells and whistles. But, yeah. Yeah. you know, if an industry gets greedy, the customers will just stop buying, you know, mm. uh, the comic book industry collapsed, the CD industry collapsed, yeah. um, similar things happen with trading cards. And so, you know, I'm cautious of the, the industry moving towards higher prices without higher value, you know, great um, point. I see that a lot now where the, you know, when Vinylman started eight years ago, the average record was 20 bucks, maybe 25. And yeah. now that's shifted to a normal record, no bells and whistles, 30 bucks, yes. 35. So yes. that's, that's a price increase that is vastly out past, you know, inflation or, or normal kind of growth. And I think that a lot of that I see with, you know, reissue labels that are paying a lot of money for licensing soundtracks sure. or things like yeah. that. And then they, they have to, well, for us as a business to exist, we have to add, add to the margin, add to the margin. Yeah. You know, at a certain point, any consumer is going to just be like, Hey, this is this luxury thing that I get to enjoy, and I, I dig vinyl. But there's a breaking point yeah. for all of us. Yeah. Where we're like, nah. And so, you know, I, my internal compass with Vinyl Moon is always like, let's try to keep this priced competitively. Let's always make sure that people are feeling like they're getting more than they paid for. So, yeah. is Vinyl Moon cost more than the average record? A little bit, absolutely. But do you get? three hex more than the average record in terms of value. That's certainly my goal. Yes. Um, yeah. And so anyway, there's a, there's, there's a little bit of a, of a worry um, there because I think it's, it's a, it's natural in any industry that we're going to have ebbs and flows and we're going to have people that um, price things too high, price things too low, you know, it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. But if we're, if, if we as a community and I will say like your, yeah. you know, your sort of label community, if we're making sure that we're, um, offering value to customers and, and making sure that they feel appreciated, then I think there's no, no reason why people won't continue loving this really fun and engaging medium yeah. that, that connects them with their favorite bands forever. Well, that's a great that's a great point. And honestly, we have talked about this with so many different people over the past couple of months and over the past couple of years, and, and no one's really brought up that possibility of somebody ruining it. And obviously, we know who that somebody is. But like, it, you know, it, it is... <laughs> Like there's a legacy artist um, has a new record coming out this Friday and I feel like I got to get it because it's, you know, an artist I follow or whatever, but, and it's a double disc, but it's double disc black and it's 69.99 Canadian. So $70, which would be probably the equivalent of maybe $50 for you guys. Um, But still it's like, uh, there might be an OB strip unless it's like, just a, a marketing sticker or something, but still it's kind of like, there's nothing else really happening with this project. Why is it yeah. so high? And and I think you're right. Yeah. I, I think it will ruin it either on a conscious level where everyone will just say, we got to stop this or just like slowly people will say, you know what? I'm just going to collect from this one artist. This is my favorite artist. So I'm just going to buy their records or I'm just, you know what I mean? Like, or I'm just going to buy used or, or stick with what I have. Uh, it can really eat away at, uh, the, ex- the experience, if it, if all of a sudden you're buying this thing and going, oh my gosh, this is a, you know, it's a very, very substantial purchase. 
Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, as a, as a consumer, we always, you know, when, when times get tough, if, if we lose a job or, you know, our financial situation changes as, as it happened for many people over the past few years, yeah. you know, we start, we, we, first thing we check, well, what, what expenses are mandatory? You know, I'm not yeah. canceling the water bill, yeah. <laughs> um, but maybe, maybe I cut off Netflix. Yeah. Um, maybe I cut off, you know, HelloFresh. Maybe I cut off Final Moon. Yeah. Maybe I buy less records. Um, and so, you know, with those kinds of limitations, um, you know, you vinyl, I think will always be competing against necessities. Um, you know, we'll always be competing against more efficient ways of listening to music. Um, and, and so you just, it's something to be careful with. Yeah. You know, I just caught myself. I kind of want to argue against myself for a second here and give me your thoughts on this, but like, I'm, I'm grumbling about this $69 record. But there's a good chance, and I mean, there's from this same artist, I have a record that's 40 years old, and I still listen to it very regularly. So there's an, a good argument that like us as music fans need to get used to paying more for music, especially physical music that we may keep uh, for 30, 40 years, pass on to our kids and grandkids. Um, it all of a sudden amortized over those years, $69 doesn't seem like that much money. Uh, you know, and maybe the major labels are getting used to this renting music and they're making more off of these songs on streaming over over the course of, of 10 or 20 years. So, and I, I certainly believe that music fans need to be paying more for their monthly membership to Spotify. Uh, I don't think that price makes sense for what you get. So yeah, I, actually I'm just kind of like, I'm just kind of reprimanding myself for, for complaining that maybe these artifacts that you're creating that, that can last forever should cost that much. Do you, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think that that's, that's really, you know, it's another good point. Um, you know, if we, if we go back to like that idea of like, these are meant to be used mm-hmm. and, and yeah. experienced. Yeah. And, you know, if you get, if you get 60 listens out of that record, um, you know, over, over your lifetime sure. and yeah, Hey, maybe a dollar listen is, sure. is pretty good too. Yeah, that's true. You know, yeah. I experienced that, right. I mean, it's, it's, it's double disc. Maybe that's an hour long, you know, for, yeah. uh, for an hour and a half kind yeah. of thing. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think that's where everyone's got that, that internal kind of, uh, checklist they've got to go through of like, yeah. is this worth it for me right now? You know, with the funds that I have and with the, with the alternative entertainment sources I have available. Um, you know, I think so, something that I was an interesting experience for me when I started Vinyl Moon is I thought, oh, Vinyl Moon's going to be really big in the big cities like LA and New York and, you know, Toronto, this is, you know, these kinds of yeah. like cultural hubs. And then as I was, you know, packing records in my garage for the first few years, looking at every single shipping label, I was like, small town here, small town there, small town, Alaska, small town, Ohio, you know, and it was like, Oh, and I I had this kind of realization, like, of course that makes sense. These are places where there are not a lot of options. Maybe they don't even have a record store. Yes. Um, And so they're looking for, you know, interesting experiences that maybe access to. Um, And I think that it was, it was a, good reminder to, um, you know, everyone's different, right? Like somebody in a city might enjoy vinyl moon as much as anyone, but they also have a million other options to consider. That's right. Yeah. Um, no, that's a great point. And I think that that is true for any. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Uh, I yes, I mean, and, yeah, continue. Oh, as you say, yeah, this, you know, so any, and to your point about this, this record, it's like that record may have, ton of value but there's also there's so many records to consider you know we are inundated right now yeah. with options yeah and, that's um, true too. yeah and that that's i think that can be overwhelming as a as a consumer you know any, anyone's walked into a record store and been like i want to buy a record today but oh brother i can't decide you yeah. know <laughs> spend an hour in a record store and you just kind of leave with nothing because you're like it's it's too overwhelming man that's very true yeah it's very true um, last question, uh, I'll let you go, but I, I am a little curious about membership clubs. Um, there's a few labels in our community that have, that do it currently that, um, some of them will kind of advertise it, uh, over the month of December and, and then maybe 
start uh, in, in January. Some people try it and then get overwhelmed or realize they don't have enough content to make it worth it for people. Um, you know, there's just different kind of mindsets on it. I wish it worked more for people. Um, so I kind of want to work on an episode really to address it and to maybe look at some of the case studies of labels who are doing it really well. Um, what have you seen working? Is there something a label can do with a small dedicated group of fans? Is there any advice you could provide us in this arena or maybe tell us not to get into it? Uh, if a label wants to come up with some sort of membership that's like a Patreon, but maybe has a physical component. Yeah, it's a great question about club value. I've definitely, you know, watched and studied and signed up to a ton of vinyl clubs over the years. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think the ones that, I think it goes back to the idea of making sure that you're giving some value and um, delivering something special to a member. You know, any club kind of by definition is a trust exercise. You're asking people to trust you. You're asking people to, you know, give money up front. And so, you know, that's a moment where you want to make sure that you're kind of over delivering on that trust yeah. and, and really taking care of, of people's belief. And so that's probably going to, at a minimum, require a lot of communication, a lot of clarity, a lot of expectation settings. This is what we're working on. This is what we want to give. Um, and that has the added, added benefit of humanizing the experience. You know, people, we love bands often because we, like the people that are in them and, yeah. and we um you know connect with those those humans and i think that the same can go for labels you know you know writing newsletters where you are talking about the personal experience where who you are what it's like what what's going on behind the scenes you know there's there's room for storytelling yeah um but as a small label to the point about vinyl specifically i think you know one of the the smartest things i've seen done i think i think sub pop speaking of your analogy um, does this which is you know, a, a club where you get a, a specific color variant that's just for members. Yes. So, you, you know, you're joining yeah. the club and you're, you're getting a record of the month, but it's a unique variant that's just <laughs> for, um, you know, those members. Yeah. And when you're pressing vinyl, that's one of the easiest things to sort of to break out is to do a split, you know, so you're pressing, I mean, that could be a, a 500 records, but you're doing 100 of them in a different color way. That's only for club members, yeah. you know, and, that is not a huge added cost. Most record plants can handle that. Any, yeah. any record plant that does small runs will probably be okay with that. And so being able to offer someone, you know, hey, you like this label. You might not like every record that we do, but you're adventurous. You're, you want to support us. We appreciate that. We want access to a a community hang or something like that with the band. I mean, I just, sometimes these things can be offered and yeah. people might not even show up for them, but just knowing that you're like, Oh, this is cool. Like I feel I'm supporting this entity. I believe in, and I want them to exist and keep going. And you know, uh, that means I get some bonuses, some tactile bonuses, but then that might, might be access. Um, yeah. you know, I think any label, you know, what, what do you, I would, I would say any label should ask themselves, what can we offer that's maybe not, that doesn't cost anything. It's not, we're not paying for this item, but we could have a group Zoom call or a group hang or, you know, yes. there's so much um, kind of co collaborative stuff like that. Uh, the technology to invite people in, um, maybe a, a special newsletter, a Q&A. Um, yeah. Because I think that hasn't had a bad, just the thing is, again, to, to bring, the, bring people together. Um, there's labels that I'm still on their email list years now i've maybe haven't bought anything from this label in five six years but the emails that they send are so personal and human that i'm it's kind of like hearing from an old friend even though i've never met them and i'm still not even a customer awesome. yeah. but there's that that's that's very appealing yes um and it's sort of kept, kept me following along that's amazing no that's great advice i i, I appreciate that and that's something extra is you know, we may not be able to offer a color variant. We may not be able to offer some of these more expensive things, but there are things for free that we can offer uh, or for low cost. That's something to consider to add it, to add value to it. Very cool. We'll talk about that another day. Thank you so much for doing this. It's so good to chat with you and congrats uh, on a hundred records. 
that going out to your subscribers. It's so cool. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, it was, it's been an honor. Thanks for letting me come on and, and ramble and share some stories. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll it's been awesome. To, we'll have to do it again soon. Gosh, thanks to Brandon for being on the show. Thank you all for listening. Um, I hope that you learned something. I hope that, um, I mean, we've been covering vinyl a little bit recently. We'll take a little break, maybe, I promise, but maybe not, who knows. Um, but I think uh, a lot of you are finding it helpful. I know for me, I'm learning things about what consumers like, what, um, how to make the manufacturing process smoother, how to price things. And so I like to kind of get uh, a peek behind the curtain or a peek from the side stage or even from the audience, you know, it's like, what, are, what are people enjoying, um, when it comes to vinyl and when it comes to physical media from all sides of the equation. So I hope that you found today's episode helpful. Make sure you check out vinylmoon.co. Um, they, it, first of all, it makes a great Christmas gift. If you want to buy someone, uh, one, a year's worth of this vinyl subscription club. It's super cool and you can check it out or buy it for yourself if you're a vinyl fan or if you're a music fan. Of course, you're a music fan if you're listening to this show. And a huge shout out to them, to Vinyl Moon for supporting other record labels this month. We're very, very grateful for that. Thanks for listening.